Okay. So we are starting today a new letter, letter six. Some of the concepts in letter six directly relate to the concepts of letter five. This is also based on a verse, actually based on two. The first verse says, he sows, he who sows tzedakah, tzedakah, which we're going to loosely translate as charity, meaning charity, kindness, has a reward of truth. He who sows charity has a reward of truth. Meaning, what is the reward for being kind and doing charity? The reward is God gives you something called truth. And there's another verse to back this up. Titan emes liyakov, which is being explained here to mean you give truth to Yaakov. So we're seeing here that what God is doing in response to our charity is giving us truth. What, what does that mean? If God didn't give it to us, we wouldn't be truthful? So the Reb explains that Yaakov, Jacob, is the attribute of compassion, meaning our three forefathers each embody the three primary emotional attributes of God. Abraham, Abraham embodied chesed, kindness. Yitzhak, Isaac, embodied gvura, severity, judgment, restraint. And the third of our three forefathers, Yaakov, Jacob, embodied tiferes, which means compassion. So when a person is in the chesed, kindness mode, what they're feeling is a love for God. When they're in the gvura judgment mode, they feel a fear of God. And when they're in the compassion mode, they also have something. And that's what we're going to talk about now. So when we're serving God through compassion, what does this mean? What we're having compassion for is the divinity, is the spark of God inside of us. Because I'm thinking, oh, I feel so bad. Here's a piece of God inside of me, and I'm straying so far from God. I'm in a spiritual darkness, and and what what exile does this spark of God feel? And the more I understand the greatness of God, the more I feel compassion that a piece of Him is suffering that much inside of me. So then the Reb explains at length what we should think about to truly understand the greatness of God. We learned, and this really goes back to what we learned last last letter, that all of the upper spiritual worlds are being vivified by one letter of God's name. We learned the first letter of the Yud and Hey and Vav and Hey. That first letter of the Yud is vivifying all of the spiritual worlds. And we know this physical world was also created through one letter of God's name, through the through the final Hey. So here we're talking about such a minute piece of God, a name. A name is a reflection of the essence of the entity. So God's name, the divine name, is a reflection of his essence. And this is one letter of that name, and look what's coming from it. All of the variations of all of the spiritual world, and all of the variations of everything in the physical galaxy and Milky Way, came from one letter of his name. But 
and none of that's God. This is the flow of vitality which emanates from God, from his attributes, which descends to become a letter, to become speech, to become one letter. But God, God says, I'm not changed by creation at all. I'm not changed in terms of spatially, so to speak. In other words, from God's perspective, he's equally everywhere, because all truly is equally, in a sense, distant from him. When we speak of higher worlds and lower worlds, it doesn't mean they're closer to him or further from him. It means a higher world means God's vitality is more revealed in the higher world. A lower world means God's vitality is less revealed, but God himself, God himself is there equally. So space has no bearing on God, and time has no bearing on God. He was, is, and will be exactly the same, eternally. It's all nothing compared to God, because we're all, because it's all one letter of his name. It's all speech. What's speech? If you think of one letter of speech or, or, or a letter of thought, what is that? in relationship to you, to you. Now, of course, the Rebbe says, actually, this metaphor doesn't is not even true because even though a single letter of thought or a single letter of speech has almost no impact on the soul, but there is a tiny relationship because it's something in some small way but compared to God it's not infinitesimally small it's nothing spatially is nothing he's everywhere it's all irrelevant to him space time is irrelevant he's within all times he's within all space it's he's because he completely transcends all time and all space. So all of this, and, you know, we, I sort of summarized some of it, is making me realize the enormity of God's greatness, which is to strengthen and intensify the compassion I feel for that spark of God inside of me. For that spark of God in a body that could become impure by indulging in prohibited things that come from the three utterly impure clipos, evils. That spark of God in a body that could become defiled through the various lusts that we could indulge in. And the truth is, the Rebbe says, if it wasn't for God protecting us and giving us the strength to overcome the passions of the body, it, 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 we wouldn't even make this. It's as we say in our prayers, God, you're the shield of our salvation. Because God's powers, which are transcending ours, enable us to triumph over the body and its passions. And if we didn't have God's constant help, we wouldn't make that. And, but, of course, we can fall anyway because we have free choice. And we sometimes do. 
And what's happening to that piece of the glorious God, the infinite God, within me, in a body that has fallen into the evils through indulgence and through, at least temporarily, throwing away God's yoke. And that's the compassion I pull out. That's me in my Yaakov mode, in my Tiferes, in my space of compassion.